This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, a little bit early on this Friday, as each and every Friday throughout probably the rest of the season. Unnecessary roughness will start at 1 o'clock. Take it over for JT the Brick as he's got some things to do with the Raiders, and so that's okay. I'm always begging for extra airtime anyway, so here we are. Closing out the week really strong, three hours long, three hours strong. That's how we get down here on this Friday. DeMond Cotton behind the wheels of steel. He's fresh out the gym. Him and Willie Ramirez, who uh, co-host on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. They hit the gym earlier. They start putting out some pictures. I thought, oh, damn, look out. <laughs> look out. DeMond's going to come in. It's going to be like a, a red polo day for me. You know, come in with a little extra edge to you. You got your workout on. So you feeling okay now? Feeling good, feeling good. And uh, you haven't noticed, you haven't complimented me yet. But I know you're just thinking, you're just wearing a T-shirt and some shorts, man. What's so special? I got on the John Cena socks. Oh, man. The John Cena collection, never give up shorts. Oh, unbelievable. Come on, man. It, today is the day, man. Okay, so today is the equivalent of the red polo for me. Yeah, man, yeah. Got a little extra edge A wrestling team. theme today. Shout out to my boy Laz wearing his shirt. Yeah, today's okay. a wrestling theme day from head to toe. All right, there you go. Well, welcome to the show. Welcome to the party. I mean, got the pump going. Yo. I mean, I, I noticed that you were wearing something that I wouldn't wear ever. The mismatched, or not mismatched socks, but just the... The colorful cartoon character type socks, but I just thought that that was just that was just your that your zone today. You just thought it was a cartoon character. Not yeah, you didn't know. I didn't notice it was John Cena. I'm not a wrestling guy, and I don't like his new hair that he has anyway. I think that that looks lame. So you do pay attention. No, I just noticed he's in movies. <laughs> John Cena, my son, little Q, who's not little anymore, but. He used to, back in the day, that's how old John Cena is. He was a big John Cena fan, and so he used to always run around and go, you can't see me, Dad. You can't see me. And he used to wave his, his Boom, hand in front of him. You can't see me. Come and on. I'm going to see you I when I it. pop you upside the head and make you go across the room. I'm going to see you. See your little backside fly. <laughs> and then you ain't going to be able to see me. Come on, man. Look, he's, he's at Western Oregon right now. His ears <laughs> ringing. He's like, man, why my dad telling them kind of stories? That's all I could do at this Yo, point. Yo, man, John Cena. Yeah, anyway. We're, we're feeling good. We're feeling excited, fired up. Got a good show for you. Got a couple different show questions and topics that I want to get to. And one just really came about because I've been on Twitter, interacting with uh, different, different members of Raider Nation, which is always great. I always love to get the feedback, no matter how it is, on Twitter, on the Raider Nation listener line, on our uh, Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. But I got a couple good topics that I want to bring to the table on today's show. We have some good guests that we're going to get to coming up on today's show. And let me tell you off top, I always tweet out the, the guest lineup for the show, who we're going to have on. I always do that about 30 minutes before the show starts. And I put Rich Basaccia on the guest lineup. And I guess I should have wrote Rich Basaccia's media session from earlier today because I was not able to be there in attendance. It was about 1230 that it took place. And since we have to be on the air at 1, there was no way that I could go ahead and be there and here at the same damn time. So we decided, hey, we'll run it back. 
at about 1.15. So everyone thinks that Rich Masachi is coming on the show live. He is not. <laughs> he is not. Let me just go ahead and put that out there right now. Rich Masaccia actually was on with JT a little while ago. Uh, if you were listening to Raider Nation Radio 920, you would have heard that. But I wanted to play Rich Masaccia's media session that he just wrapped up. What would you say? About about 30 minutes ago, maybe, at the most now? Yeah, at the most. So that's I have gonna, seen those tweets. That is pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. So I just want to make sure that that's clear. That no, that's Rich is not calling in the show. We had Trayvon Merrick on the show. He did call yesterday. That was great. Just in the nick of time. Just too. in the nick of time. Right before the show got wrapped up. So uh, we we thank them uh, over at the Raiders for uh, taking care of us and uh, having Trayvon Merrick on. But no, Rich Basachi is not on the show. But you will hear his media session from earlier today coming up at about 1.15. Uh, but at le- at 1.30, Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. He'll join the show. He joins us on Fridays uh, just to give us the betting lines. We'll take a look at some uh, NFL games and even ask him about the Pac-12 championship game tonight that goes on. I know my man Eddie over there at the Raiders. He's excited about that game. He's pumped up as a proud Oregon alum. It's Oregon and Utah taking place at Allegiant Stadium. And that's one of the things I love about having Allegiant Stadium here. There are so many big-time games and big-time events that are going to happen at that stadium. I, I talk about it all the time. I, I think the last time I was talking about it, we were at the high school state championship games, and that's one thing. But, I mean, to have a Pac-12 championship game here, and you know that there's going to be more at some point. I don't know when, but I promise you the national championship game will be played here. I don't know when. I'm not trying to start no rumors. I'm just saying, why wouldn't it be? Right? I mean, at some point, they'll play the national championship game here. And how awesome would that be? That'd be so cool because that'd be like one of those, like that'd be a super hot ticket. Because I'm trying to think, like you say that now, what would be like the ranking of like sporting events in Vegas? Like what, what would be the hardest ticket to get? And that's got to be top three. Well, yeah, the Super Bowl will be here too, though. Uh, that, that's obviously number one. Yeah, yeah. That'll be here, I believe, what, 2024? That's the one that's, we'll find out this month. In December, we'll find out the the next Super Bowl that hasn't already been awarded. It'll, it'll, it'll be here. It's like one of those things that it's going to be announced that it's going to be Vegas. It just hasn't been technically announced yet. So I think it's 2024. I think the next couple are already locked in, but I, I want to say 2024. So that's right around the corner. We okay, got the so draft coming this year. Super Bowl is definitely number one. Yep. But like, if you got to get credentialed, if Alabama was playing here national championship game, would that be your number two of like, yo, I got to oh, get to that. I for sure. For sure. For sure. Roll Tide all day. And, and I know that tomorrow right here on this very station, they're going to get waxed. I know they're going to get waxed tomorrow by Georgia. Georgia is no joke. Georgia is going to give them the business, but they're still there. They made the playoffs, but they ain't this year. You know, you know what the big problem for Alabama is this year? Who's their offensive coordinator? Oh, uh, Bill O'Brien, right? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's their biggest problem, in my opinion. <laughs> the guy who seems to always get fired and fail upward. Exactly. Exactly. You know, Nick Saban always gets coaches and rehabs them, and then they go on like Lane Kiffin and, and Steve Sarkeesian and coach after coach after coach after coach. They go through there. They rehab their, uh, their, their, their abilities, and then they go get another head coaching job. I don't think that works for Bill O'Brien. He has been my. I, he has been. Let's just be honest about it. He's been a pain in my ass all year long. <laughs> he really has. Didn't the quarterback uh, Bryce Young? Is that the name? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Didn't he like put up like a seven touchdown game a few yes, weeks ago? Come but on, it's just it's credit. not. You don't see. I don't see. I don't see the 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 offense cooking the way I would like to see it cooking. And obviously, back in the day, Alabama's offense was terrible. I mean, they would it would be a seven six game and they'd win, but. They've put up some big time numbers. They need they need to get that that old blood out of there, Bill O'Brien, and bring in some new blood that can get things cooking again because they have talent. But Bill O'Brien ain't it. He just ain't it. He not it. Oh man, I, I'm gonna tease up the guest lineup a little bit when we have Deontay on a little later. I'm gonna have to ask him about that. 
because you know he's versed in the NFL and college. Yeah, and I yeah. Thought, I thought Alabama would stand a chance. You saying like they're gonna get waxed? No, they're gonna get waxed. Have you not watched Georgia? Yo, dominant. They are. The, they don't give up anything. First of all, defensively, they don't give up anything. Alabama's offense is going to get waxed. They and haven't allowed two hundred points it, all season. Exactly. Combined. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. And you can hear that. This is a great segue. You can hear that game right here on Radio Nation Radio 920. So there, boom. You like that. It's unfortunate because I was looking forward to that game until I wasn't. Until I wasn't. But I will say last week, them coming back against Auburn, that was one hell of a performance. I thought they were losing that game. And then all of a sudden I left where I was at because I thought the game was over. And then I got to the place I was going. And they're like, well. Alabama does what Alabama does. And I was like, what are you talking about? They're like, just one in four overtimes. I was like, damn it. <laughs> the minute I walked away from the game is the minute that they turned things on. But that's that. So coming up at 1.15, Rich Basaccia, his media session from earlier today. 1.30, Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. He'll join us, give you all the, all the money lines and, and where you should place your money this weekend, who you can win some money with. He'll join us at 1.30. 2.30, as uh, my man Demond already mentioned, Deontay Lee from Pro Football Focus, uh, the Two High podcast as well. He'll join the show, and we'll just we'll ask him some college information, some college questions. Obviously, we'll ask him about the Raiders and what he's seeing from them statistically and numbers wise, because that's what F- Pro Football Focus is. And let me put it out there: I love what P- Pro Football Focus does, but they are number based, and all the t- and numbers aren't always telling the whole story. A lot of times, you could get an idea of the story. But you don't get the whole story from the numbers, in my opinion. Some people just judge a team based off what numbers they're reading. I don't like to do that. I like to judge a, a, a team off the eye test. Now, go back and reference the numbers, no doubt about it. You know, you can get a clearer idea. But I don't think you should just live in one world, which is just numbers. So that's why I like to talk to guys from Pro Football Focus to see where they're at compared to what's in my head that I'm seeing. Oh, and you also like this about him. He's also a high school defense coordinator. Yeah. So he's got like that bit of, you know, not only is he crunching the numbers, you know, he's no, he's no what he's looking for. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why they do a really good job because, like you said, they do know exactly what they're looking for. Then at 3 o'clock, uh, our good friend Connor Orr from Sports Illustrated, he's going to join the show. And what he's bringing to the show today is we're going to talk about the 2022 coaching carousel. Who is going to be the hot names? And it's, it's so funny. When Lincoln Riley made the decision on Sunday to leave Oklahoma and head to USC. And I was headed back to, to Las Vegas. I was coming back from Texas, and I was at the airport when I got that information. All of a sudden, in my head, it immediately thought, oh, man, coaching hire, coaching hire, coaching hire. So I turned around and did a podcast about the coaching hire for the Raiders, you know, what it could potentially look like, including Rich Basaccia. And I swear to you, DeMond, all week long on Twitter, that's all I've been seeing is people talk about the next head coach, the next head coach. And I'm not saying I started it, but it's just funny. Once Lincoln Riley made that decision, I think everyone started click, 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 and thinking about coaches and where they're going. Then all of a sudden, Brian Kelly makes the decision to leave Notre Dame and go to LSU. Now Marcus Freeman. Congratulations to Marcus Freeman. That guy, you want to talk about a come up. That dude was a hell of a defensive coordinator at Cincinnati and a hell of a defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. Now he's the head man there at Notre Dame. I think that's awesome. I think that's great. Now there's a big opening still at Oklahoma. There's college coaches that might want to get out of the college ranks and go to the NFL. There's so many different questions out there. I get tired of retreads. I know one name I hear all the time is Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson. He's he's the hot name. He's the guy. He comes from the Andy Reid tree. He has a Lombardi trophy. He's coming back in 2022. You better get on him early. He does nothing for me. Nothing. Nothing. 
You know who also had you that You know same? what he does for me? He does not quite as little as the Hallmark Channel, but he's almost there for me. You know what I mean? The Hallmark <laughs> Channel does nothing for me. The wife loves the Hallmark Channel. Matter of fact, she was so happy last night. She said, husband. That's what she always says. And you know, you've heard her talk to me yes. all the time. Husband. Yes, wife. Uh, the Hallmark Channel has black people on it today. <laughs> That's what she thought was going to get me to watch it. So I ate dinner and I kind of glanced over and whatever. Uh, was it a movie with one black supporting no, character? No, no, it, it was, was like, cool, it was cool almost movie. like, a, it was almost like. A Tyler Perry production. Yeah, <laughs> that's all we were looking for. It was like, where's, where's Medea? <laughs> where's Medea in this movie? Hold on, but uh, back to um, Doug <laughs> Peterson. You know what? Because like when Mike McCarthy was on the couch, it was like, oh man, when he comes right. back, Mike McCarthy's going to be the, oh, a, a whole new coach. Cowboy fans hate him. Exactly. So, yeah, Doug Peterson stay does nothing for me, but I know his name is a hot name. So what we'll do when we get Connor on, we'll talk all things of potential coaches, retreads that could be possibly coming in, also coaches that, you know, might be in the college ranks, offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators who might be the hot name, Joe Brady, Eric Bieniemy, you know, Matt Eberflus. I mean, there's a lot of different names that are out there. So we'll talk to him. He actually put an article out on Sports Illustrated that was really good, and it really detailed different coaches that could be open different openings that could be that could be had and also coaches that could be filling those voids. So that's the guest lineup that we have for you coming up on the show today. I also have a question that I want to throw out there on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187. Show topic, as I as I say, on the daily and also the Radio Nation listener line, 702-365-9200. And as I mentioned, I got a couple. I got a couple that I got to get to. One, I already had planned. Two, it just kind of came around organically. And that's okay. We like these things. The first one, it's real simple. I do this just about every Friday or at least right before every Raider game. What are the keys to victory? What must happen on Sunday? What has to happen there at Allegiant Stadium for the Raiders to walk out of there with a W and, and improve to 7-5 and five and snap the Washington football team's three-game winning streak? I have my own thoughts. Did a whole podcast about it today on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. I did that. But I want to hear from you. I want to know what your keys to victory are. What do you think the Raiders have to do? To get that victory. And then, and this one's where I'm really, I'm fired up. I took my jacket off before the show starts. I never do that. I always get warmed up first. I came in hot. Are we not happy with the Raiders' defense? Like, is that a, I mean, I I really want to know this question. As I had someone hit me up and call me and text me and leave me a message and say, why do you and other media members say that the Raiders need to hold on to Gus Bradley? I said, have you not seen the defense? The defense has kept the Raiders in games. And then I just had a nice Twitter exchange with, with a, you know, a proud member of Raider Nation, which is fine. I, hey, you don't have to agree with me ever. And basically, I was told that the Raiders' defense from last year is the same defense this year, except for they get to the quarterback a little bit more. And I call nothing but BS. Straight up BS. And I don't know what games we're watching. And so if I'm wrong, please correct me. In my opinion... The Raiders have won six games. I said, and I put it on Twitter, and you can go check it. Check the receipts at your boy Q254. I said there's at least three games that the Raiders' defense is responsible for winning. If they don't play the way they're playing, they lose, they lose week one against Baltimore. There's at least, three, at least three games that the Raiders lose if the defense is playing like it did last season. At least. And that would give them three wins on the season. I don't understand. Can it be improved? Yes. No, no, let's not get it twisted. But this goes back to what I was saying about numbers. Okay, this ranking here says this. This ranking here says that. Did we not just see what happened on Thanksgiving? 
Last year's defense would have allowed the Cowboys to get into the end zone on that last drive and would have lost the game. Instead, this year's defense forced them to kick a field goal. And guess what? The Raiders won in overtime. What are we seeing? What are we watching? What am I missing? That's a real, you're not watching the game. You just told on yourself. I mean, you're not watching the games if you think that. I don't get it. I really don't because for years, all we keep saying as fans and media and everybody else, well, if they just have half assault defense, they can win games. Well, their defense is better than half assault. They are the reason. Remember in the first game of the season, they got down, what, 14 nothing, And then how long did they put, put Baltimore in check to allow the offense to get going? How many times has the offense not got going until the second or third quarter and then made a comeback? You know why they were able to make a comeback? Because the defense made some stops. On all three levels, they have players that are better than they had last season. There's a different scheme in place. It's just, that, That's so dumb to say. You're just looking at the record and saying, well, this is about the same place we were last year, so team's still the same. I don't see it. I don't. But obviously, because it's not there. This defense has been, it's not great, but it's good, and it's good enough, and it's a lot better than it's been in years. I mean, as a Raider fan, that was one of the most frustrating things is seeing opposite teams just stroll right down the field. How many times have we come on the radio and said, I wasn't concerned about the game because I knew the defense was going to get the ball back. How many times have we said that? And people have called in and said, man, Gus Bradley this, Gus Bradley that. Now we're in December and it's like, yeah, that defense stinks. What games are we watching? Now middle of the pack isn't good enough. Right. Now it's like, well, you better be the 85 Bears. I mean, <laughs> I don't get it. As opposed to last season being like bottom three. Right. That's How is that the same? I don't get it. I'm so confused. But that's why I said, you know what? I, I wrote it down on our run sheet said, okay, cool. Let's add this to the table. Let's bring this to the, the, the party. It's Friday night. Let's dance. <laughs> Let's dance. But I will, I'll, I'll take you guys behind the curtains a little bit. When Q said he was adding that to the rundown, like that's going to be one of the questions today. I was like, who on Twitter got you fired up? <laughs> like, yo, who? Because I know that somebody out there, like somebody, he had a couple of interactions. Yep. He's like, yo, y'all talking crazy. So now we got to talk about it on the show. Y'all out here talking crazy. <laughs> DeMond knows me so well that I could be in the hallway talking about something completely random. And all of a sudden he'll say, you know, this is coming up on the show later on today. Like he knows <laughs> anything that I get fired up about or, or somewhat passionate about. He knows. Oh, yeah, that's coming up on the show today. The Christmas tree in the lobby is what he's referring to. <laughs> <laughs> we have the most anemic looking. Is that the right word? Yes. Somewhat. I want to make sure. Okay, let's just, let me get, let me dumb it down. We have a skinny ass tree in the in the lobby. I mean, it is the skinniest tree I've ever seen, and it's so funny. And I'm not dogging the tree at all. You clearly are. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> what happened is, while the tree was being put up, I just simply walked by. I was like, "Dang, that's a skinny tree." And then Kira gave me to look like, "Okay, it's a small tree." And so then I randomly asked Dane, who's our great sales guy. Sales manager, matter of fact, let me get his title correct. Yeah. I said, Dane, what do you think about that tree? He goes, well, that's pretty skinny. <laughs> and then, to make matters worse, Craig from our promotions department, what up, Craig? He walked by and goes, we don't have a better tree than that? <laughs> so now Kira at reception has to defend the tree. Yeah, and she gets so angry. So I saw Damon this morning. I go, hey, Damon, what do you think of that tree? And he's like, well, it's pretty small. <laughs> So anyway, so that's the running joke that we have at the radio station is that our tree is the 
skinniest tree. And so my, my suggestion was, and I think this is the best idea ever, if the tree is really skinny and small, don't put it in the biggest corner in the lobby. Put it in the smallest corner because it'll look bigger. You know what I mean? There's ways to dummy it up and make it look good. But Kira's not trying to hear me. She said it's going to stay in that big old corner. So now we just talk about it every time we walk by. And she has like 5,000 ornaments behind her desk. And she said we ain't got enough tree to put them on. Well, I know because it's a skinny tree. I'm sorry, Kira. Really just the biggest, you know, you're just not going to let it go. No, I know. I've been talking about it for two days. Finally made the airways. 702-365-9200. Speaking of making the airways, let's talk to our guy Danny in Denver. Danny, what's on your mind? Hey, Q, man, just calling. Uh, yeah, that defense, man, it's, it's, it's way different. You know, I think a lot of the time, I mean, you point at, like, the Eagles, the Eagles game, uh, the Denver game, man, those, the game was over. The game was over at that point. The defense was in prevent, just kind of let the clock uh, – Go down, you know, wind down and everything. And if you really look at it, the games that the, you know, the defense has been, you know, shredded, lack of a better word, the offense couldn't produce. Right. So that defense was on the field all game long. So if you can't produce, you know, you know, if you can't see the difference between them, you're not watching the games or don't know what you're watching at that point. And then, you know, they said, well, the only thing they're getting is more pressure. Man, that's super important. That's, <laughs> right. You know, almost in this NFL, that's the key in this passing game. Man, this passing NFL, that might be even more important, you know, those kind of things and holding the field goals and stuff. But this is a night and day difference now. Are they world beaters by any means? No. Right. No, but this is a much, much better defense, and it is a work in progress, I think, is what people people forget at this point. Right. And thank you for the call, Danny. Great stuff. And I'll say this. It, it has a lot of room for improvement, but the, to play the way it's playing right now and really out of the gates, the first week of the season they were playing good ball just to keep them in games. I didn't think that Gus Bradley was going to be able to turn things around that fast. I thought it was going to be, like you said, a work in progress. And, yeah, it's still a work in progress. And there's still weak links on it. But you know what you do? You get some more depth. You go and get some more players. You draft some better players. Look at this. Think about this. And I just went smooth past Rich Basaccia's media session. I guess we'll get to that in a few minutes. We'll figure it out. Trayvon Mullen's been out since, what, week four? Damon Arnett got released. Casey Hayward, who, by the way, everyone said, even though he didn't hear it, but everyone said that his, his career was winding down because he, he had an offseason last year, but he's been playing lights out. Who's playing across from him? Brandon Faison. They picked him up off the Chargers practice squad. Practice. We're talking about practice, not a game. We're talking about practice. Picked him up off the practice squad, put Amik Robertson on the sideline, and slid him into the lineup, and what did he do? Come up with an interception his first week? And it's played pretty damn good. Now, has he been exposed a few times? Sure. Absolutely. Who hasn't? Casey Hayward got exposed against the Cowboys. Michael Gallup got him. But this guy came off the practice squad and was making plays. Trayvon Merrick, we had him on the show yesterday. We haven't talked about him because he's making plays. He's He's just making sure that there's not big plays being made. Jonathan Abram, he still has warts, but he he's in a more comfortable position than he was. And Gakwe and Max Crosby, I don't have to talk about them. Jonathan Hankins, how many times have I called in and said, who gets a game ball? How many times have I asked that on a Monday and it was like, oh, man, Hankins, Quentin Jefferson. You know, started shouting out all these guys on defense. Solomon Thomas, didn't we, say that? Didn't we have that call yesterday? Solomon yep. Thomas has been playing really good ball. If they're playing really good ball, why are we, why are we complaining about the defense? People I just want to know. People want to point the finger at somebody. I just don't get it. Like, how, how are we just going into week 13 
not 14. We're in week 13. And all of a sudden, we went from being happy with what Gus Bradley's doing to, well, the defense isn't that good. It's like it is. It's giving the Raiders chances. That's all you ask for. That's all I've ever asked for. Just give it, give it, a, give it a chance. Give the team a chance. When the offense doesn't come out of the shoots on fire, guess what? Defense is like, hey, don't worry. We'll get the ball back. Got your back. And they most of the time they do. Yeah, some of the games have gotten out of control at the end. Kansas City game, squirrely, way out of control. Bengals game, out of control. But I'll tell you what, in Cincinnati, the Cincinnati game, if the Raiders could have scored a little bit, probably would have won that game. I hate those games because, you know, the play that, um, was that a fumble or an interception? It was a fumble, right? I don't even remember. The, that return where it was just like, all you have to do, I can't even think of the player now. Oh. But it's just like, just go into the end zone. We oh. cut back in. Right. It's just like, if they could have scored initially off that turnover, 7-0, the game may be different. I'm telling you, man, there's so many times, uh, even like I said, that Bengals game. Yeah, it got out of control at the end. Joe Mixon started running all over him at the end. But at that point, it was, you knew it was, it was a done deal. But remember, I even asked Derek Carr in the, po- in the post-game media session immediately after that game. Hey, it took till the fourth quarter. He had like 87 yards passing until the fourth quarter. 87! And we're complaining about the defense? And I asked him. That's when he got, that's when he brushed me off. Why did it take till the fourth quarter to get aggressive? They went three plays, 75 yards, and got in the end zone. How come that couldn't have happened earlier? I'll let you talk about that. And he said, I'll let you talk about that. And my fault, I allowed him to say that and keep it pushing, and I didn't follow up. That was my fault. That was my bad. I'll learn from that. But you got it. But from that question, it did come a good sound bite. Yeah, it was know? a great sound bite, but it didn't answer my question. Yeah, I mean, it hey, started what, talking. He started talking about the skinny Christmas tree in the lobby. Yeah, man. You know, he's tired of it though. <laughs> it was a good sound bite, but I should have followed up and said, "Hey, I don't want to say whatever I want to say. I want to say what you want to say. What was the problem? What was what? What were you seeing? That's why we're here asking. But that was that was my fault. I didn't do that." 125 is the time. We got plenty of text messages coming through on the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. We also have the Raider Nation listener line, 702-365-9200. We got my guy, Lee Sterling, from ParamountSports.com. He's coming up next. He's going to break down uh, some games that are going on this weekend. We'll talk to him about a couple NFL games, and we'll also talk to him about the Pac-12 championship going on at Legion Stadium. And then we'll get back to your calls, we'll get back to your texts, and we'll have Rich Versace all coming up from earlier, his media session. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. What does it mean to be a Raider? What To you, what does it mean to be a Raider? Man, being a Raider is not just being a football player. It's not about the just the jersey or just the just the helmet. It's about a lifestyle. It's about it's about loyalty. It's about doing whatever you have to do to help your brothers, to help your family. That's what it's all about. It's never putting yourself above the shield. That's what being a Raider is all about. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Alright, got a little fired up in segment number one, so had to do some adjustment on the fly. Everything's getting pushed back just a little bit. By the way, welcome back to the show. It happens on a Friday, man. You give me an extra hour, this is what happens. I get a little squirrely, I get a little fired up. We get that extra hour and it's still like, man, not enough time. <laughs> Damn, where'd all time go? All right, this is what we're going to do. Basachi is going to be at 145. Lee Sterling is going to join us at 2. And right now we're going to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Apparently I started up in the first segment, which is great. I like that. 
Getting a lot of feedback, calls, and texts, 69187, keyword R&R. Two I'm looking for. One, what are your keys to victory? What has to happen for the Raiders on Sunday to get a victory over the Washington football team? And then two, are we not happy with the Raiders' defense? Is there something I'm missing? Because I'm being told the Raiders' defense is not that good, and I'm calling BS on that. 702-365-9200. Let's start things off with Raider Mark. What's up, my man, right here in Henderson? Hey, what's up, Q? How you doing, man? Man, I'm blessed. How are you? Good, man, good. Hey, uh, real quick, I'll get to the keys in a second. Hey, real quick on the defense, man. This is, they're playing lights out to me, man. Just think about what's going on in college football uh, with all the, the passing game and everything. Lincoln Riley's going to USC. He's going he's gonna to get them to, to start doing a lot of more passing and stuff in the passing game. Uh, you got to understand, man, the league's going to more college, more style. Mm-hmm. So points are going to be higher. You don't see the, the 2000 Ravens or 2001 Ravens defense out there. You'll never see that again. So our defense is playing well. Uh, I think we, this, this stretch right now, if, we, if the offense keep producing and scoring 30 points a game, the defense is going to get stops. That's all we need, stops and yep. sacks and turnovers. That's it, guys. The, the NFL is a college game now. Everything's going to that. So you can see the guys in high school. Uh, you know that, Q. Those, guys, those quarterbacks in high school, they're, they're ready to play in college, and then when they get to college, they're ready to play in pro so fast. Yep. So this is more of a passing game and everything. Agreed. And then the keys, uh, Q, to the game, man, is, like I said, man, Score 30 points, get some stops at the end. That's the, the key is just keep Carr uh, upright, and he just needs to keep passing and getting outside that pocket like he did on, on Thanksgiving, man. And uh, I think we'll win the game and keep it rolling, brother. Keep it rolling. But I, I haven't forgotten about it, man. I'm going to come see you, man. So I know I keep saying it, but uh, I've been busy uh, at the office, but I'm coming to see you. All right, man. All right, I appreciate you. I'll talk to you. All right, brother. There he goes. Raider Mark and Henderson. Appreciate the call. And, yeah, man, offenses are so wide open like now. They're so wide open like old school TV antennas, man. They really, really are. Uh, it's like basketball on on uh, on turf these days. It really is. You know, I mean, it's not your father's and grandfather's football. It's not, you know, run the rock three times and, and hope that you get a first down. I mean, it's just – it's not. It's not that. It's wide open. So you're going to see a lot of yards and you're going to see a lot of points. And all we've ever said, I know anything I've ever said about defense is, man, a couple times a game, when they get to the red zone, stop them from getting in the end zone, make them kick a field goal. You're winning. That's that negative four that we talk about. Unfortunately, the Raiders get negative four a lot themselves. Got to start cashing in a little bit more. Let's go out to our girl, Just Win, Wendy. What's on your mind, Wendy? How you doing? Welcome to the show. Hey, happy Friday. Yeah, how you doing? I'm good, I'm good, but defense. Are you kidding me? Who the heck is thinking our defense is a good? I mean, come on. We've got all these guys that are on the top five to ten on their on their position charts between Solomon Thomas and Unique and Max and all like anyway, uh, I gotta say today's call my call is, is gonna be called the Segway Shuffle because I got a bunch of I got a few things to say. Okay. Okay, so um yeah, we've got all these guys on, on defense that are just doing fantastic. And I, I totally get excited because when the offense goes off the field, I don't, I don't fall apart. I, my, my stomach doesn't hit the ground and go, oh, no, the defense has to do it. I am so happy when our defense is on the field. They are great. They're doing great. So heck with those people, whoever they said. <laughs> Which brings me to the Pro Bowl voting. People have got to get online and do the Pro Bowl voting because all of our guys deserve a chance to make it to the Pro Bowl. Um, vote for every Raider. 
That's all I could say. They only nominate a couple of raiders in each position. You've got to go in there and vote for every raider. Okay? okay. Next one is, you had a call last week from Megan, or was it this week? Oh, no, this, week. this week. This week, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Imbert. Megan Imbert. Yep, she was fantastic. So what I did is I went out and uh, talked to Megan. Well, I didn't talk to her, but we texted. I made a bunch of signs, little signs. And I'm going to be passing them out tomorrow at the Rockstar to anyone who will help or at the game. And they say, release the report. And they're in <laughs> silver and black. Nice. <laughs> and what I want people to do is to hold them up when at the end of the first quarter and the beginning before the beginning of the second quarter. And so, you know, maybe, maybe some people will do it. We'll see. But at least the word will get out that we can support them releasing the investigation report. And that segues into... <laughs> we right. got to get you a radio show. We got to make sure that everybody shows up at the Rockstar Bar tomorrow night. It's going to be happening. It's going to be good. And we can talk about the keys to the game. There you and go. The keys to the game are Derek Carr has to find those guys downfield. I want to see Zay Jones and Brian Edwards have a game. Have a game, guys. There you go. I Come like on. it. I like it. All right. That's my keys. All, All right. right. Great I'll call. See you tomorrow. All right. We'll see you. You be good. Be safe. Just win Wendy right there. And, yeah, I agree with those keys. Uh, Derek Carr is going to have to stretch the field. The Washington football team will be without Landon Collins. Uh, I just learned that today. Apparently, Brent Musburger told JT that the other day, and I didn't realize that. So I was surprised by that. I was surprised. Uh, we had multiple guys on that have talked about the Washington football team, and we knew Landon Collins had a foot injury. I didn't know it was going to keep him out. So to find out that he's out today, even though he's the, playing that box safety role, uh, that's a big deal. He's a, he's a playmaker, even though he's not playing that deep safety. I think that the Raiders could get Washington on some big plays multiple times. I think that's what Derek Carr, that's got to be the mindset because they're not going to give up a lot, a lot on the ground. They're just not. But they, they do have a... They have a knack for giving up that big play, so that's a huge key. Deshaun Jackson, Zay Jones, Brian Edwards, love to see all those guys involved. Hunter Renfro, of course, would love to see them involved in the action early and often. Let's go back out to the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Talk to our guy, Shields Up. What's up, my man? How you doing? What's up, Q? How you doing, brother? Blessed, man. Blessed. How are you? Not bad. I got a little domestic situation here. I was Uh hoping you could adjudicate. Okay. I love my wife, but up in the Northeast, she's a Giants fan. And oh. on these cold nights, she wanted to put the Raider blanket on her. But the problem was, brother, is that she put it upside down. And oh. I told her, you need to flip that around and show the shield. <laughs> That's right. You right? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Or, or make her be cold. it's all good i love her man all right now real quick he's offense flat out one line play action bomb to jackson forget about that just play action bomb open up this is what we're gonna do open up the offense i like your segue this whole segment about the defense you're right they're wrong is what you're saying is that Abrams is good. Mooring has proven himself quietly in this defense. Mm-hmm. And Hobbs, how about the idea of moving him to the outside and putting Robertson on the inside? Now, 
I like that. Know. I like that. You like that, yep. right? I yep. mean, let's get the draft picks in there. Now, correct me if I'm wrong or inform me if I don't know. Is Mullen on the way back? Go ahead. He is, uh, he's been activated. He's got the 21 He's got the 21-day window. Uh, he was out there on the practice field yesterday. I didn't check to see if he was on the practice field today. They actually have this uh, injury report today. Matter of fact, I just tweeted it out. Let me tell you real quick. He is not listed on the injury report, so there's that. I don't think he plays this game, but he, he could be activated to be back uh, anytime soon. Now, if when he comes back and we put Hobbs in that slot, I'm telling you, the rush and the coverage. Mm-hmm. The defense is going to take care of it, and 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 what about Morrow? Is he is he coming back? Or it, it doesn't sound like it. I mean, and I don't I don't want to put words in Rich Bisaccia's mouth, but uh, when he when we met with him on Monday, he was asked about Nicholas Morrow, and he said that he's still uh, kind of further back. He's further back than than Mullen and and other guys. So I don't I don't know if he's not coming back. At all this season, I don't think he's coming back anytime soon. So uh, that's that's some uh, that's good stuff and some interesting players, obviously, to pay attention to, uh, these guys that are banged up. But I like what you said about Nate Hobbs. He showed in the preseason. I know it's just preseason, but he showed in the preseason he could play the outside. He's very versatile. He could play the outside. He can, he can line up in the slot. Uh, Nate Hobbs is one of those guys that could line up just about anywhere on the field and be effective. I would not have a problem with him being on the outside, especially if Brandon Faison starts to struggle a little bit uh, like he did. And he, he has struggled a little bit, you know, the last few games. But Amit Robertson against the Cowboys, there's two guys that we haven't talked about, I don't think, all week that came in against the Cowboys late in the game and made plays. Amit Robertson was one. Had a pass breakup, and he had just—he was fresh off the bench. I mean, ice cold. You can't get no colder. And he came in and had a nice pass breakup late. And then Desmond Trufant, he came in late and had, like, multiple pass breakups when the Raiders needed them the most. That, that's another thing I've been impressed with with this defense is guys that don't get all the burn all the time. When their number's called, they're ready. They're prepared. There's something to that. 142 is the time. Let me get one quick text in real quick from Rob in Oakland. Then we'll take a break and we'll hear from Rich Basacci. I promise you, following this, Rob in Oakland said on the Sam and Ash text line 69187Q, people have to be careful with statistics. They tell part of the story and are very useful. But in sports, whole game statistics don't account for timeliness and playmaking in critical situations. We force turnovers on Lamar Jackson at critical times to help get a win. Our defense is giving up yards and some points, but is much better at getting important three-and-out possessions and turnovers for the offense this year. There's room for improvement, but this isn't the same defense. That's Robin Oakland. I agree 100%. That is a mic drop moment. It's 142. Rich Basachi is up next. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Got a lot of text messages. Sam and Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. Keep those things coming. Got a couple questions I threw out there. You can respond to it. Your convenience. What are your keys to victory? What has to happen on Sunday for the Raiders to come away with the dub and improve to 7-5? and five? And snapped the Washington football team's three-game winning streak. That's one. And then the second question is about the defense. Are we not happy with what we're seeing in Gus Bradley's first year with the defense? Is it perfect? No. Can it improve? Absolutely. But is it last year's defense? Hell no. Not a chance. 
69187, keyword R&R. we got a lot of text messages that we'll get to in just a few minutes. But first, I've promised it like 14, 15 times. I'm going to get to it right now. Interim head coach Rich Basaccia, he met with the media earlier today, and this is what he had to say. Giants? Yeah. I think Alex Sherman was actually the head coach when my my father first thought that. But um, I I didn't think anybody got the joke. I thought everybody was Googling. I want to know if my dad was really the head coach. Yeah, the the Giant fans are something something special. But uh, Paul, how you doing, man? Uh, Good afternoon. Good. I'm doing good. Okay. um, Let's just injury report for you guys. While we're still at this time is is doubtful. Uh, We'll see how tomorrow looks. Uh, Patrick uh, will be out. Nassib will be out. Um, And then uh, DJAC, Kwiatkowski, Nixon, and Josh will kind of make a final decision tomorrow. They they ran around out there today a little bit through most of the practice. So um, we'll make a final decision how it looks tomorrow. And uh, other than that, um, answer any questions you may have. You guys designated Trayvon Mullen for, for return this week. Does that, since he's not on injury report, does that mean he's set to play? Or? We're, we're hoping to get him next week for sure. Yeah, I thought he had two good days of running around and, and uh, kind of worked on the show team a little bit, tried to get himself going back in the, in the football skills that he needs to, to work on to play that position. But um, he had a better day today than yesterday also. I think you mentioned uh, the other day that you guys Coached him at the Senior Bowl. What was it back then that stood out? Now, have you seen him, uh, you know, take the next step? Yeah. Well, be- besides the talent that he has to, to play football, he just had a great personality. He had a great attitude. He was willing to do anything. Um, he was looked like a great teammate to be around and in, uh, in any every setting that we were in. So there's no surprise that he's had this kind of success playing early. And, and uh, we're excited. I'm excited to see him. Certainly, uh, we got to do a good job of covering him up. But he, he's, a, he's a tremendous talent. But he's really he's a great young man. Rich, if, if Darren can't go, Foster's already shown that he's capable of stepping in that role. How, how confident are you and the staff in, in going forward with Foster if Darren cannot go? Well, yeah, I mean, we, we've kind of gone through this twice, right? We've gone through it when we didn't have him for a game, and, and certainly Foster stepped up in the, in the um, plan that, you know, Greg had put together. And then we lost Darren in the second quarter last week, and you saw us, we were still productive, you know, as the game went on. And Greg made some really good adjustments that way as well, personnel-wise, and the things that we did. So, um, again, we're prepared to do that if we have to this week. I also asked uh, Greg yesterday about how unique that relationship is between Derek and Jack Del Rio, uh, you know, in all your years in coaching, um, is there any type of advantage that can go one way or another? Does it kind of just nullify itself because guys know each other so well when they're on different sidelines? Yeah, great question. Um, I, you, probably Derek can answer it better, I think, but I'm, I'm sure Coach Del Rio feels like, ah, I got a pretty good handle on, on Derek. I've seen him in a lot of practices. I've seen him in a lot of game situations. And, you know, Derek probably in the back of his head's going, ah, I know what. Coach Del Rio may call on this, or, and, and no one study. I mean, Derek studies an unbelievable amount of film. He's got his own office up there, and he, you know, he's constantly in there watching tape. So there is some nuances, obviously, that Greg talked about yesterday in, in the system, and Coach Del Rio is running at this particular time. But uh, we, we feel confident that um, Derek will do a good job as to what they've been doing now and um, hopefully be successful in what he sees and how he handles it as well. The last game, Foster uh, really filled in for Darren uh, when he had a big game. Um, he played his least special teams reps of the season, obviously, because you needed him on offense. Uh, how much of an impact does that have when you don't have him uh, available on special Yeah, again, great question. It'll kind of be the same way. You know, we have a contingency plan as to how much he's playing on offense, who takes over his role on kickoff return, who takes over his role on punt return. Um, the place right now that we, we, we won't replace him, he'll play punt. 
you know, for sure. And, and uh, I think if I take him off that, he might get mad at me. But, um, yeah, his role will be reduced in special teams depending on what his role becomes on offense. Good. Thank you. All right. All right. There he goes right there. Interim head coach Rich Basaccia met with the media earlier today, and you heard a little bit of injury report. Out officially is Carl Nassib. Out officially is Patrick Owasu, who's uh, dealing with a hamstring injury, but he's really a special team guy. Um, Nassib, obviously, that's a that's a big deal on the on the edge right there. Maybe this will be an opportunity to get Malcolm Kuntz out there. Uh, that's what I'm anticipating to see him. He's not going to get a ton of burn, but we'll see him get a little bit of burn. Uh, questionable for the game on Sunday, Deshaun Jackson with the calf injury. Didn't participate on Thursday, was limited today, so he's questionable. Uh, also questionable, Nick Kukowski, ankle injury. Also questionable, Keyshawn Nixon dealing with the ankle injury. Seems like he's been banged up quite a bit this year. And who else? Uh, questionable, running back Josh Jacobs with the ankle injury. Limited on Thursday, limited today. Questionable for the game. And uh, Jalen Richard did not participate in practice today. So uh, that's not good. That's, uh, you know, that's that's a couple guys there in the running back room uh, that could be potentially missing on Sunday. And that could hurt the team. Obviously, uh, the, the Raiders really got to get that offense cooking. I think they need to get ahead early. I think they're going to need to get that early lead. So you can kind of get Washington out of what they do best, which is run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And speaking of, it's funny. We talked about the, the Raiders defense and how it's like last year's defense. The run game. The run game has not been very good as far as the Raiders stopping it. But you know when they stopped it? Last week. They did a really good job stopping the run against a team that wants to run the ball. Now, some will say, yeah, well, looking at last night's game against the Saints and looking at what the Cowboys did, they didn't look like they wanted to run the ball that much then either. But they held the Cowboys to 64 yards rushing in a game where you knew that the Cowboys wanted to run the ball. So you got to, again, you got to give them credit for that. So uh, that's the injury report as far as the Raiders go. Uh, the guys that are questionable and the guys that are out, doubtful, is Darren Waller. I don't expect to see him out there at all. And for the Washington football team, as I mentioned earlier, Landon Collins, the safety, uh, really plays that box safety role. He's out with a foot injury. Uh, also, J.D. McKissick is, uh, has a concussion. He's a running back. Uh, he's out with that concussion. And then uh, they have a guard, Wes Scherzer. He's out with the ankle injury. Um, those are two out of the three guys there I thought were going to be be active on Sunday. Uh, I thought the guard was going to be active, and I thought Collins was going to be active. Uh, with McKissick, he's got, a, he's got a concussion, so you know you got to pass those concussion protocols. So that's, that's uh, one of those where that's not a big surprise. But to me, again, just me, Landon Collins being out uh, is a big deal. Uh, they have a couple other guys that are questionable, uh, including Kurt, Curtis Samuel, the wide receiver, uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, the tight end, and then Eric Flowers, the guard. So potentially they could have multiple guys from their offensive line out. This could be a game where – Unique Ngakwe and Max Crosby, two guys that I have said need to really lead the Raiders to the promised land. And what I mean by that is they need to go out there and ball out in the month of December and really be the leaders of that defense. Go out there and put their best foot forward, make some things happen. Unique Ngakwe is at eight sacks right now in the season. Crosby's on five. And I get it. Pressures are awesome. We talked about it on, on Thursday's show. Pressures are awesome. And they really do help out. I just need to see... Those two guys get home even even more. They need to ramp it up a little bit, be those leaders in the last month of the season. If they could do that, if Crosby can get around eight or nine sacks total, not in this month, but total, then all of a sudden you feel really good about where that defense is at. And I do believe they can get there. And I think it starts this Sunday. 
155 is the time. We're going to close out hour number one, or that does close out hour number one. When we come back, we'll kick things off with Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. He's got all the betting lines. He'll tell you where to place your money, who to place your money on, and we'll do that next as we start hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. Hey, Bob, thanks for inviting me to your ultimate tailgate. I thought we were going to watch the game. No, 